Welcome to the Passive Income MD Podcast, where we talk about creating your ideal life through multiple streams of income. I'm your host, Peter Kim. If you enjoy hearing about this stuff, make sure to hit subscribe so I can bring it to you every week. Now let's get on with the show. Hey everyone, this is going to be a fun interview. You're going to enjoy this. We're now talking to Vincent Chan. I'm going to read his bio. He is uh, the chief operating officer of a real estate investment firm called Christina. They've been active for 45 years in the Los Angeles area. We're going to talk all about these things. He started his career as a CPA with Ernst & Young, um, and now he spent uh, took all that experience brought it over to the real estate side, and he's been um, involved in some of the largest publicly traded real estate companies out there. He joined Christina seven years ago as the CFO, and now he's the chief operating officer, uh, really to help build uh, that company in, in, in this really desirable location called Los Angeles, right? And we're going to be talking about high cost of living areas and how to invest well here. They obviously have a track record in this area. Hey, Vincent, how you doing? Doing great. Thank you, Peter. How you doing? Yeah. Did I, did I introduce you? Okay. I mean, is there anything else that you want to add to it? And do you go by Vincent or Vince? What's better? Um, no, Vincent's fine. Vince yeah. is fine. Um, either one, no problem. <laughs> All right. So tell me a little bit more about Christina. Yeah. Yeah. Christina is a Malibu based real estate sponsor and manager. Um, like Peter said, we've been operating for 45 years and we focus primarily in the ultra prime sub markets of Los Angeles. Um, Los Angeles is a huge, huge, you know, County. And the West Side region is the area that we focus in. And that includes like Beverly Hills, uh, Brentwood, Century City, Malibu, Santa Monica, uh, Silicon Beach, Westwood, and West Hollywood. It's kind of the coastal cities, is, you know, the more affluent demographics in LA. And, um, you know, we have a great strategy and management team, track mm -hmm. record, and experience sticking to our knitting, you know. We don't venture outside our marketplace. You know, people want to go to, to other cities, but we just stay to what we know. And we've been doing this for, gosh, 45 plus years through numerous real estate cycles. So during the good times, the bad times, you know, since 2018, everything's been good going up. But now we're at a, kind of the end of a real estate cycle. So I think the challenge now is what do you do to reposition your portfolio? And, you know, one thing, we haven't had any investment losses, and that's, you know, those multiple real estate cycles. So, you know, we're very experienced in one location, and that's, you know, that's what we do. I mean, it's awesome, because a lot of the groups that I talk to, even the ones that I've invested with, they're always kind of moving their markets to kind of go along with yield, what's hot, what's overpriced, where opportunities are, you know, primary markets, the secondary markets, the tertiary markets, and they tend to move. So I've noticed a lot of the, the market has moved to areas like the Southeast and things like that. But you guys have remained on the West Coast and on the West side, which is actually close to me. So I know that area really well. Yeah. Like, why, uh, how have you guys been able to be so successful? I mean, it's hard to kind of wrap it up in one, one sentence, but how have you guys been able to be so successful by staying in this market, which is traditionally known to uh, be, be a tough one to be in. Cause I know that most people say when they want to invest, they want to move to all these other areas. Like how does it work for you guys? Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things about being in one location, you have boots to the ground because you know, every street is different. You know, if you try to go to a new marketplace, you know, unless you have boots in the ground, you're never going to know like the best side of the street, North side, East side, West side, because they're also different and so unique. So I think by being an expert in our marketplace, it gives us that advantage. 
Um, you know, other people can come here, but they don't know the, the cities. There's different like entitlement rules. So knowing the local government, you know, the different kind of you know, legislation is so crucial. And knowing every single property and who owns it is also very critical too, because you know, our, our one of our strategies, you know, being successful in LA is that you know, we only buy when others are forced to sell. So that gives us like a good kind of margin of safety. We can buy at a discount and we're not paying, you know, retail prices. You know, if you go to another marketplace, you know, using a broker and you can pay and compete with other people. So that's one of our advantages is again, the, the experiences and the relationships we have in LA, you know, you know, one of our strategies, it sounds kind of morbid, but we're looking for people, you know, is a death, a divorce, a partnership dispute, a bankruptcy, because those are the ones where, you know, people need liquidity and those are the best deals to buy. So, you know, I think it's, you can do that in any marketplace, but if you spread yourself out too thin, you're never going to be effective. So these relationships are important to us. And just knowing, again, every single block in the city is really crucial. Mm. All right. I mean, are you still seeing value there today versus like earlier on, like uh, you maybe like 10 years ago where it seemed like, oh, you know, all real estate prices seemed amazing. Everyone's worried about this whole bubble that's happening or that they see. Like, what are you guys seeing in the marketplace right now, especially in a high cost of living area like Los Angeles? Yeah, you know, we have this theory too. I mean, you know, it's never a bad time to buy, you know, great real estate. You know, there's always going to be cycles, but if you buy right and you buy at a discount and you have a long-term outlook on things, you know, you're definitely going to win. It's a, it's a slow and steady race. You know, look at the tortoise in here. You know, real estate is slow and boring, but if you have, again, a long-term outlook on great real estate, I mean, this trophy location, these, these properties, um, you know, people come visit LA all the time and they want to live here. I mean, the best weather. So there's always going to be demand for the product. Um, you know, you go to the other, you know, tertiary cities, there's so much vacant land. They can always build and build and build. And eventually there'll be too much supply. You know, LA is supply constrained. Um, the last undeveloped parcel of land was in Playa Vista. So in order to make money here, you got to buy something, tear it down and redevelop it. So, you know, we never have the risk of oversupply. You know, there's limited supply in LA. And again, I think the weather and the lifestyle is always going to be demand for this product. Got it. Okay. Uh, and so what kind of properties are you guys looking at just so people are clear in terms of asset classes? You talk about places to live, apartment buildings. Are, are, do you guys venture into anything else or is it primarily apartment buildings? You know, we're pretty much product agnostic. You know, as long as it's within our geographic borders, we don't care if it's multifamily, retail, office, commercial. You know, lots of the way to make money because location is key. And you can, you know, one of our strategies is kind of a multiple exit strategy. So we'll buy something for, like, example, we buy a post office, but but we see a vision where, oh, we can develop that into a multifamily apartment unit. And so, again, having, like, the vision and the creativity um, is all about the location. So if it's, a, if it's a desirable corner, there's many ways to make money. Mixed use, you know, retail. It's all based on kind of what we think is the highest and best use. So we're, we don't want to limit ourselves to a box because um, if you say one asset class, you can't be flexible with trends. So we're definitely open-minded and location-driven. Now, looking at this as an investor, you talked about the supply and the cap supply, which is a great thing for investors, I think, to think about. Um, you talked about these products that you're able to buy at a discount. And you talked about like these longer-term um, holds like what are we looking at in terms of years like for you guys to be successful to make money for yourself for your investors what kind of long-term holds are you guys looking at you know um we always joke around like every time we sell a property we can never buy it back at the same price we bought it for so 
um, you know, the, the biggest fortunes in real estate are made by just owning great real estate for generations. I mean, look at the Irvine company, you know, Donald Grant is probably the richest man in America because he just owns all of Irvine and he never sells it. So these are kind of things where that's how you make a lot of wealth. It's, it's kind of like the oil well. If it's a good property, it's going to have great returns for generations and generations, you know, couple that with tax benefits and, you know, it's, it's a no, you can't lose. Um, you know, one of our strategies is to return our capital back to our investors, you know, within seven, 10 year time period. And that way they still continue to own the properties and they have all their money back. So the returns are, you know, we call them infinite. But at the end of the let's, day- Let's talk about that a little bit. If you don't mind, I, I've, I, I've talked about the term infinite, you know, returns and infinite investing, but, and you guys are actually one of the groups that actually- um, really practice that. And that's like part of your model. So can we talk a little bit about that, dig into what that looks like? And you mentioned that you try to get people their return of capital within seven to 10 years. So what does it look like if somebody invests some money up front? Like what's happening behind the scenes to get people back their their um, initial investment? Yes, yeah, a great, great example here is uh, our first offering called Christina Real Estate Investors One. You know, it closed in 2014. It bought seven assets. Um, pretty diversified. There was like, uh, let's see, four multifamily, and there was a one post office and uh, one development project. And uh, we basically sold four properties. We continue to own three properties. We refinanced five of the properties. So basically, all the distribution we gave out to the investors were from refinancing proceeds, which, as you know, are tax free because you don't pay taxes if you didn't sell a property. It's no capital gain. But when we decided to sell the other three properties or four properties, um, a lot of it was sheltered from all the accumulated passive losses from depreciation. And those that invested in subsequent real estate offerings from Christina didn't pay taxes on those sales either. So, so within seven, 10 years, they got all their capital back and they still continue to own three properties and pay very little taxes. So that's the way to compound your wealth is kind of the tax deferral program as well. So we're very tax efficient at the same time. So again, strategy is long-term, you know, quality properties in great AAA locations. So there's little risk of, you know, default or a little risk of over, you know, competition. Um, it's like a AAA bond, you know, if you can get good returns um, with high quality assets, you know, you going to get your risk. So that's always been our kind of focus is the West side. We know it's resilient. We know that there's always buyers for the marketplace, you know, during the good and bad times. Because if you're out like in a, you know, very tertiary market and things dry up, you know, where are the buyers? Um, you know, LA, is, there's always going to be institutional buyers. It's always going to be a place where people park their wealth. And so, you know, we've done this for 45 years and we've studied it very carefully. That's why you don't leave. Hmm. Okay. So if somebody invests and they get their capital back through, you know, you've had some sales you've had some refinances and things like that. And you say they still own some of the properties moving forward. Like what do people expect from that point? They're just getting cash flow uh, like every quarter and just like till uh, the next point where you guys decide to sell those properties down the line. Or what does that look like for people um, in terms of investors after that point where they've had the return of capital? Yeah, the way we look at it, they still continue to receive the, the tax depreciation from those properties. Okay. You know, we're looking for a good time to sell. Um, in the meantime, it's it. They, they do generate cash flow. And we're looking at ways maybe to reposition to even further the value too. So, you know, again, our philosophy, let's give back the money back. 
this kind of chain that own great properties. And, you know, we're always looking for, again, for highest and best use. And real estate is slow, right? So things evolve over time. So what was good, you know, five years ago could be different, you know, seven years from now. So like, you know, retail is, is evolving, office is evolving. So you got to kind of go with the evolution of things too. Real estate transforms constantly. So there's always a better use, uh, maybe not now, but down the road. So again, our, our goal is just to maximize the highest and best use of each property. Hmm. I mean, when, when, when Vincent talks about infinite returns, um, you know, uh, I think people may have been, they may have watched previous uh, podcasts or talk, we, us talking about this before, but uh, the concept is that you get all your return, you, you know, you make an investment, you get all your return of your capital back. And you're able to take that. Now you have no more money invested in the deal, technically, even though you still retain that stake in the deal, Right. And so you continue to get distributions of profit based on that. But you're able to take all of your initial investment and move it on to something else if you want. And so that's why it's kind of known as that infinite return, because, again, you don't have any more money in that deal. It's already out of there. You've gotten your money back, but you still have the equity stake in that investment. And you continue to make returns, hopefully for years and years and years and that sort of thing. Right. Yeah. Especially with the tax benefits. Right. You get that money tax free. Think about you have more money to reinvest, too. And again, our, our generation, you know, generational wealth is only real estate for as long as you can, you know, pass it on to your heirs. It's just a gift that keeps on giving. So, you know, it's one of those things that you want to accumulate over your lifetime is, you know, instead of collecting like art, cars, you know, collect real estate. It's funny. Can my you, son's can you actually uh, talk a little bit about the contrast between, you know, there's different models out there for different operators and sponsors. There are ones where they go in and they essentially try to flip these properties. So they go in and maybe they'll buy much properties and kind of, uh, quickly renovate and get out within three to five years. And then you as an investor get in there and you're able to obviously, maybe there's not a lot of cash flow in the beginning. There's some cash flow near the end and then there's a big sale at the end and they go turn these things over. And that's really not your model. But can you talk about a little bit about the, uh, just so for compare and contrast, um, why you think maybe, you know, your model differs from the other and there's maybe some pros and cons to that. Yeah. So, you know, one thing about LA, there's so many trophy locations. So, we have a property that's located on the beach in Playa del Rey. It's literally on the sand. That's that's a very rare asset to own. So if you own something like that, why would you ever want to sell it? You know, it's one of those properties that are very hard to get. So it's one. It's like in Rodale Drive, right? Like if you have a, a great asset, why would you ever want to sell it? Another example is like we just bought this property in a large Monk Village in Hancock Park. It was owned by you know family member and they passed away after a hundred years they didn't reinvest in the property and now we own it and so we renovated the property and they were getting like two bucks you know a month per square foot you know and when we renovated it you know, we're charging 10 bucks a square foot triple net too so you can see how like that's an asset that's irreplaceable so if you have that in your portfolio you know, do you want to sell it? You know, if you have a great asset, you know, there's no reason to sell. So we have that long-term outlook, but again, if someone comes and offers us more than we think it's worth, you know, we'll definitely sell it to them. But there's certain assets that you just want to own forever and pass on to your heirs. So mm-hmm. that's our kind of long-term outlook. We want to buy properties that we want to own forever. But again, when a good opportunity comes to sell it, you know, we would definitely entertain that offer. Yeah. What if somebody comes to you and says, look, I can, I can invest in this type uh, sponsor investment. Again, they're going to do a quick in and out. I'm going to get my, you know, potentially get an IRR of 20% or return of 20% or these kind of things. Like, how do you, how do you talk to someone like that when they're saying, you know, you're comparing maybe your product 
and what you guys are offering versus somebody who's investing in the Southeast or they're quickly flipping these things and they say, I can get a 20% return. Like, what do you, what do you say to that? Yeah. I mean, everything goes in cycles. I think everyone can say that after 2008, but people got to be very careful, you know, higher rate of return. Also, you have to take on greater risk. And also it's like, um, you're just going to be kind of cautious. If it's too good to be true, it probably isn't. Um, you know, we own real estate just for the sake of the tax benefits. I mean, that's to me, only quality assets that keep on giving is like an oil well. So those are kind of things that we look for. We're more concerned about multiple domestic capital than we are IRR, because that can be manipulated very easily just based on timing. And, you know, I've been around long enough too that you can get stuck in the bag <laughs> during a downturn. And, you know, we haven't had any losses on our investments. So that's one thing people got to be careful with is that, the higher the return, the greater the risk. What kind, of my, what kind of, yeah, I mean, that absolutely makes sense. Risk and return, talk about risk adjusted return, how they're correlated. I think that absolutely makes sense. Um, you know, what do you, uh, what kind of mindset should like an investor have when they're looking for like an investment like that? Like in terms of what their expectations are for, for in terms of returns and cash flow and, you know, creating, I guess, wealth you know, near in the near future and then also in the long term. I'm just curious because again, it's such a different product, I would say, or a different type of investment than many of the other ones that we see in the multifamily class today. And especially in the you guys being in the high cost of living area. So I think it's pretty fascinating. But again, what kind of expectations should someone have kind of looking into that? Yeah. I mean the expectations I have personally, because I invest in all of our offering, is just knowing that you own uh, ownership interest in a building. So I can drive around LA and go, gosh, I own a percentage of that building that building, that building, and I'm proud of that building too, because it's a property, you know, in a location that, you know, I love. And so to me, just knowing that you own something tangible in a great marketplace, you know, again, it's LA, you know, there's a lot of things happening, you get the Olympics coming, you get the World Cup coming. So it's always going to be around, you know, it's, we don't have the fear of it depreciating, you know, it's not going to go obsolete. There's always going to be more room for growth. And so just knowing that you have an asset that will just appreciate over time, just like your house, right? You want to buy a house, it's um, seen huge appreciation over the last several years. But think about if you can get have a tenants in that house that are paying your rent and your mortgage. I mean, that's the, to me, if you have no money into it, I mean, that's the best thing, just owning real estate. It's again, it's like collecting art, collecting cars, but collecting real estate to me it's like Monopoly. <laughs> you know, you want to own great locations on great streets and just own them and just collect rents, you know, for a lifetime. So again, it's the quality of the marketplace that's so important. I think you just want to, you know, you want to own quality assets. There's there's different marketplaces, but at the end of the day, you gotta have pride in what you own. And to us, you know, real estate, as you know, has the best tax benefits. So if you can get those rewards, you might as well own something that you're proud of. So is there's definitely a tangibility. And in talk about returns, I mean, we've averaged double digit returns too, since inception too. So we, you know, we do make money in LA and a lot of it is our strategy of just buying right, um, holding for the long-term and looking how we can reposition it to make more money. Cause you know, there's a term value add that everyone talks about, you know, we look at value buy, you know, you wanna make money on the buy. I mean, to me, once you do that, you're kind of have a, have a nice margin of safety. So you can survive anything. But at the end of the day, again, it's just knowing that you're only something of high quality. And so that's mm. why we stick to West LA. Got it. Yeah, considering the times right now and the market cycle, and obviously Christina has been around for they've been around for 45 years. They've been around for a lot of these cycles and ups and downs. 
So what's changed in your strategy then right now as we're kind of on these in, in a place where a lot of people feel like we're at the end of the cycle or near the end of the bubble? Like, what, do you, what are you guys doing that's different in terms of your strategy? One thing we're doing, we're introducing a new product for the first time. You know, we've had a very kind of, we call it the kind of long-term strategy, kind of event-driven distributions. Um, but based on some feedback we've heard from our current investors, there are a lot of investors that just want quarterly checks in the mail. <laughs> Passive income, as you kind of preach. Uh, that's all um, good. That's something that we never, <laughs> <laughs> that's something we've never really done in the past because we're very more into long-term. But, you know, we do realize that people do want to supplement their salaries with, cash distributions every quarter. So we have a new product we're rolling out just for that. And the only difference between our old product and new product is this one will have no debt. So instead of paying the bank, mm -hmm. we will pay our investors every quarter. And that is one thing we're trying to do to kind of mitigate risk. You know, without debt, there's no interest rate risk. There's no repayment risk. There's no foreclosure risk. So for the conservative investors that just want a, a you know, stable yield, that compete with the bonds, this is this is the best kind of alternative because one, you get equity upside. I mean, we believe Los Angeles will continue to appreciate in value over the long term. You get tax benefits and you get a coupon that's very comparable to treasury and it's backed by again high quality assets. You know, we're not buying these small treasury markets, we're buying in very high quality trophy locations. So it's backed by a very high quality, you know, like like triple A kind of bond, but it's triple A location. So hmm. to us, that's a way, you know, if you want to rebalance your portfolio, this is a great way to mitigate risk as well. Got it. Okay. So if I have this clear, you guys are buying properties with no debt on it, just to be Yeah. Honest. So we have two offerings and one will hmm. be with debt because you can enhance your, your returns with debt. As you know, you can buy a larger portfolio and get greater tax write-offs, but there's an element of risk that goes with it too. So the other offering is the exact same thing, but with no leverage. So we'll just pay all cash. And again, instead of paying a mortgage every month, we'll be paying distributions to our investors every quarter. Mm. I mean, I, I, th I think that's really interesting that you guys are able to do that. Um, what about with, with all the inf with inflation going on that you're hearing about? I'm sure people ask you that all the time. And I always love to hear people's answers on that. How, how is inflation and with everything that's going on right now, high rates of that, how is that affecting the real estate that you own? How is it affecting the deals that you're looking at and, and just kind of thinking about real estate in general? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those, I, I view inflation, real estate as a inflation kind of hedge. Because again, um, prices will go up, rents will also go up. So by owning real estate, hopefully you can keep up with inflation. You know, it's one of those other assets where other asset classes, you know, you can't compete. So I think it's, you know, I look at it as a safety net for inflation and, you know, in the one that we do have debt, if you can borrow right, you know, as inflation goes up, your cost of borrowing kind of goes down, it's fixed. So, you know, there's advantages of that as well. Um, the only risk we see is that, you know, if we do development, yes, the supplies will go up. But as long as, you know, the rents and the values go higher than what, <laughs> what you're paying for things, you'll be in the money. But it's definitely something I, I feel more secure, you know, investing in real estate than I do like with stocks during inflationary periods. I mean, I think this, this talk has been really enlightening. It's really cool to, again, talk to somebody that is investing in a high cost living area. Cause so many times we hear you can't do that. You can't make money in those areas. Obviously you guys have a track record of doing so. And it's really interesting to learn more about your model. And actually as an investor, it's actually important for us to see and know that it's possible 
and, and see what groups are doing and kind of strategies are out there. So I think that's been really fun for me to hear from you. So I really appreciate your time and sharing your expertise on that. Um, if people want to find out more about Christina, want to find out more about what our opportunities might be out there for, for, for them, like where was the best place to do that? Yeah, we have a, a website. It's um, ChristinaLA.com. So C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A-L-A.com. It used to be a Christina development, but we shortened to LA because it's such a shorter. <laughs> and also that's what we focus on is LA. So it makes it very easy to kind of remember Christina and LA. Great. Yeah, right. On the website. Yeah, on the website they can reach out to you. Yes, definitely. Okay. Or they can contact me directly, you know, I can provide this information afterwards. All um, right. Cool. Hey, this has been a great talk. Thanks for your time. Uh, I hope people got a lot out of it. It's a lot of really fun talking to you. Hopefully we can continue the conversation. Again, I'm still fascinated by this all. So, and what you guys are doing, again, really impressed by everything you guys have built and your track record and look forward to getting to know you more. So, hey, thanks, Vincent. Thanks so much for your time. And let's talk again soon. Okay. Thanks, Peter. Enjoy the show. Let me know by dropping a review in the podcast app you're listening to us in. And if you haven't already, make sure to hit subscribe. Are you part of our community yet? Join thousands of physicians who are also on this journey to creating their ideal lives through multiple streams of income. You can join us on our Facebook group, Passive Income Docs, and you can always learn more at our website, PassiveIncomeMD.com. Thanks again for allowing me to be a part of your journey. See you next time.